Good afternoon. This is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, where we talk about anything that's interesting to embedded developer. I'm here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast, and this week my guest is Tom Smelker, who is the Vice President and General Manager of Mercury's Custom Microelectronic Solutions. Good afternoon, Tom. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. Um, so I read your bio, and I know what your title is, and I want to talk to you about uh, where we're going in the semiconductor space, specifically um, to do with Moore's Law. I've heard for – I've been doing this a long time um, – that we're at the end of Moore's Law, that it, it's ending and we have to find something else. Um, and then I heard you talking about the next phase of Moore's Law in, in, a, in a talk that you gave not too long ago. So is Moore's Law dead? Is, is it going to go on? What is this next phase that you were referring to? Sure. Well, first, thank you for having me on your podcast. And this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. So uh, we'll, uh, really will enjoy talking about it with you. So. I'll give you a quick history. So if you look at the past, Moore's Law, you know, it's all about doubling of the transistor count and, sh and shrinking the transistor every 18 months is what we've been used to. And we, we were on that trend for many years. If you've looked at the last decade, we've, it's really started to sh uh, shorten. We've also tried to solve a lot of the problems by increasing you know, the complexity of chips. So that's uh, not becoming cost-effective anymore either. So we're on to what is the next phase of Moore's Law. So I'd say the first chapter in the saga is coming to an end, and the next chapter of the saga is starting, and that's heterogeneous computing. And that, what, what that's really all about is chipsets and chiplets based on specific functionality and being able to uh, piece them together for the specific need to, to continue the uh, performance increase that Moore's Law is all about. Okay, you need to keep going because I don't think I understand what you're saying. Okay, so all right, so I'll, I'll back up then. I'll say so, you know, uh, if you look back at processors and silicon devices, we added more and more functionality over the years that used to be at the board level and many different components at the board level into the same piece of silicon. So you'd have your processor cores, you would have your communication IP, you would have your graph, we've added our graphics cores to it, we've added our memories, all of our IOs, and uh, it's so that as we've done that, the chips have gotten ever more complex and ever more uh, larger. So when they become more complex and larger, uh, the design cycles increase, the verification cycles increase, and of course yields go down. And so we've come to that bifurcation point in semiconductor fabrication where it doesn't make sense anymore. So kind of put it this way, 
you want your high performance, your latest technology for your processors, but you don't, you don't necessarily need that for like slow speed interfaces and, uh, and your memories. Or, so you can have a chipset for your processors at the latest and greatest, say, 7 nanometer node. You have your memories at a much older technology, say, 22 nanometer node. You can have your communications, say, in the middle, uh, your high-performance communications at a 14 nanometer node. And you can make these very small chiplets. And you can bring the right functionality together on, in, in these chiplets to, to form the right solution for uh, what you're trying to solve. Instead of a one huge, large, monolithic solution that solves everything, uh, heterogeneous is about choosing the right pieces, the right Legos, in, to, uh, to make the right system. But are you breaking this up and saying that the software needs to decide who does what and when and where? No, I'd say it, it more is the, the system designers of the larger system looks at it and says, we really want this type of capability. The software engineers say, I need this type, this type of performance, this much memory, these type of latencies. And so then we can then design using the right chips and chiplets uh, to bring, bring the right functionality to the solution in a very small form factor. You keep using the word chiplets. What is, what is that? So I think of a chiplet as a very small piece of silicon that has one functionality or is, has one purpose in life, like a memory chiplet. It's a, it's a small piece of silicon focused just for memory or a digital signal processing chiplet. All it does is digital signal processing, that's it. Uh, or, or some type of interface chiplet. And, and so you can mix and match these like Legos for, for the use case. So if it's a radar so use case. So you're talking case, about fixed function yeah. ICs, uh, fixed yeah. function ICs as opposed to something like programmable logic. Exactly. Instead of something that's uh, very large and has everything, you can, it can be a very, uh, very focused capability. Exactly. So who would these chiplets come from? I mean, I, I don't see the, the Intels of the world and the NVIDIAs of the world coming up with these things because that would be counter to what they're trying to do. Is that true? Actually, uh, that's not true. If you look at where the semiconductor industry is going, they are moving to heterogeneous computing already. And some of them are already there because of those yields I was talking to. So you're starting, if you uh, opened a, a packaged processor today, you're going to see multiple die inside, multiple pieces of silicon inside what used to be one. Well, inside that package, I used to be just one. So it makes sense for them because, they, like I said, uh, uh, an Intel or an NVIDIA or a Xilinx, they don't have to you know, design the memories, the processors, the graphics components, all the communications and IOs, get all that working in that design cycle and create this very large device. Now they can focus on the right functionality and get a product out to the market much faster. So that's, that's where the commercial semiconductor market's going. And uh, that's where, uh, you know, I'm focused in the military. It's, 
it's going that way for the military. Uh, and one of the things that's really pushing it is putting processing everywhere. And I call it uh, moving the uh, processing, you know, a lot of people say the edge. I call it the sensor edge for defense where we're focused and putting the mm -hmm. processing where the data is. And to do that, you don't want these large uh, power-hungry devices. You want very small form factor devices right there at the sensor operating in a very, you know, size, weight, power, uh, envir uh, constrained environment and cost is a huge thing as well. So, you know, Internet of Things, you've heard that term, that, that's driving it. Artificial intelligence and smart sensors uh, throughout our, our life, you know, in, in automotive, uh, the smart homes, you, uh, you name it, is driving it as well. So as artificial intelligence takes over, you're, you're going to see more and more processing capabilities at the edge, right? And you're going to want to, and designers are going to want to be able to uh, tweak the, the processing capabilities to what they're trying to solve. So going back to the original question, you're not saying that we're not seeing an end to Moore's law. You're saying that we're seeing a way to get around the end of Moore's law. Is that accurate to circle back completely? Yeah, that's accurate. I'll tell you, if, uh, if people read Moore's Law, there's a last page of Moore's Law where he said at one point uh, the, the cost of, the, of continuously uh, trying to shrink the transistor and adding more transistors will, become, will not be cost effective at that time. And he actually told us the playbook of what we're actually doing now. He said what we would do at that point is we would start splitting up functionality and do what this Lego type approach that uh, which is called heterogeneous computing is all about. So uh, he was very insightful and he got the end of that saga right and he got the beginning of the next saga right as well. Very good. Well, I have to give you credit because nobody ever quotes Moore's law. Nobody ever quotes Moore's law correctly, and you did. So I have to, <laughs> have to give credit where credit is due. Oh, I thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we could probably talk about this for hours, but unfortunately, um, we have to come to a close here. But this is really interesting stuff. Is this something that you guys are working on at Mercury? Oh, absolutely. We're working very closely with our partners in the semiconductor industry on how we channel the capability and bring this type of processing architecture and, and capabilities to the sensor edge for our military and defense customers. So very good. we're working very closely with the semiconductor industry and we're definitely working very close with our uh, defense partners. Very good. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. This is a topic I could talk for hours, but uh, five minutes <laughs> is exciting as well. Absolutely. That was Tom Smelker. He is the Vice President and General Manager of Custom Microelectronic Solutions at Mercury Systems. And I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. Have a great day, Tom. All right, you too. Thank you.